Lieutenant Randy Sutton. And uh, he's the man who started the Wounded Blue. And he's about to expose Mark Zuckerberg for the phony and fraud that he is. I hope Elon Musk kicks his ass. So proud to have him here in studio after giving me a really beautiful coin. Thank you for this. Very well. Lieutenant Sutton, how are you, handsome? I am fantastic, and I can't tell you how happy I am to be here on your show. Oh, thank you for my – I appreciate that. And you're, you're a guy that does a lot of media. You do a lot of Fox News and right. a lot of radio. You're a handsome guy, great shape. you got the nice suit, the black T-shirt. You look like you live in Vegas. Oh, you actually do, don't you? <laughs> I actually do. And In fact, I was a cop there for 24 years. And before that, a cop in New Jersey. I was a cop in Princeton, New Jersey for 10 years before that. Who was your uh, police chief back then? Who was the uh, uh, Mike Carnavalli was, the, was okay. the chief of police. It was a 30-officer 30, 30 police department, and I got bored and, uh, you know, college town. So I, I needed some action and joined Las Vegas Metro PD, where I found exactly what I was looking for. Oh, there's a lot of action there, I would imagine, but uh, a drugs, prostitution, I guess, if you're close to the Strip. If you're out in the suburbs, for example, I've got a lot of friends who left Florida, New York, New Jersey, moved out to Henderson, I think it's called, and they're all doing very well and live very nice suburban lives. In fact, some of them never even go to the Strip. But well, the Strip, you, I you, guess, is where it goes down, right? Well, when you live there, very few people actually go right, to the Strip. Yeah, right. It's, it's just... kind of like us going to Times Square here. You right. just don't do it. Sure. Yeah, so why is that? Well, you know, it, it loses the attraction. It's, you know, the traffic it, it, The traffic sucks. Yeah. The, there are crowds, and, you know, it just it, it, it loses the allure after you've been there a while. Well, is that where the crime basically is? No, 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 no. no. In fact, just the opposite. Okay. Uh, the, the, there is, it's a dangerous place to be. Um, but let me, let me put it this way. I was, I, in, in 10 years as a policeman in New Jersey, I never, I never used my weapon. I was still on probation in Vegas when I was in my first shooting where, okay. a, four, where a 14-year-old tried to ambush me. And where was this? In, in Vegas, in, oh, a, in but- a, in a in a housing area, not uh, in the strip. So in a housing oh, no, area, no, nowhere no. near the strip. Nowhere near the strip. You know, the strip is is actually pretty safe because the casino security is everywhere. Right. And so, uh, you know, really the the, poc- the the crime occurs out in the how far in the what do you mean? How many miles from the where the tourists hang out the strip? How many miles would you say there's a bad neighborhood? Well, there, you- well, there there there. Are, Bad neighborhoods all over Vegas. There's and you know there's there's couple within very close proximity of the Strip, um, and where people get in trouble is where they you know they they decide they they come to Vegas and they want to buy dope, and so where do they go? They you know the, the word is you know you go down to this area where uh, you know where, where you can get the meth and you can get the fentanyl wherever whatever you want, and wow. they get robbed, they get you know murdered, and and so you know, they, it, but it, there's there's pockets everywhere in Vegas. And that's really where the where the crime occurs in, uh, in in various. Is that one of the more dangerous? I would never expect anywhere in Vegas, but are you tell me it's one of the more dangerous places in, in the oh, country. Oh, it's a dangerous place to be. I mean, it's, it's, it, especially as a police officer, um, the the department is the ninth largest police department in the country. It's a combined sheriff's department and police department. They combined in 1972 to form the Metropolitan Police. It's also one of the best police departments in the country. It's very highly trained. Um, there's, uh, uh, there's, it, you, there's not the kinder, gentler police that is being forced on law enforcement officers across this country. You right. Know, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that we see, um, that there's really truly a crisis, uh, involving law enforcement. We're seeing, and, and New York is a prime example that, uh, you know, the exodus of police officers who just don't want to deal with the politics here 
and and uh, and also, you know, the, the, something very very dangerous has occurred here, and that is that um, both NYPD and LAPD have basically dropped their physical fitness requirements. Oh, I know. I see cops every day, Lieutenant Sutton. I swear to God that are in horrible shape. Yeah. I mean, horrible. There's no way they're going to catch me running down the block. I have an old man. And and here's where here's where this really has an effect. <clears throat> the the mortality rate of police officers when they retire. Uh, the average officer only lives to age 57 because of the stress of the job and because of the of the injuries that they get. You know, I I am the founder of an organization called the Wounded Blue, and we're the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled officers. And I deal with 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 the, some of those heartbreaking stories that you could possibly imagine when police officers get hurt. So, for example, a guy that became legendary here, I'm a big New York Ranger fan, became legendary here. He passed away last year, Stephen McDonald. Yes. He would be a guy that would fall into your category. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I have a whole team of officers. Um, I have 45 police officers from around the country. Everybody has been shot or stabbed or beaten or run over. Mm. And yet, even though some of them are in wheelchairs or on crutches or, or you know, despite their medical situations, they continue to serve by by providing peer support for other injured and disabled officers. We help get folks into treatment. We are Huge in the suicide prevention yeah. arena, yeah. Um, and we're uh, we're really literally touching lives. We've helped more than fourteen thousand police officers in the last five years. Even COVID well, was an issue for oh, you guys, right? Oh my I God. mean, huge, right? I lost I lost friends uh, due to COVID, and they, and and here's the here's the sad part. Um, depending on what department you were in, some of those departments just wouldn't even recognize that as a line of duty death. Even though there was there was you know ample evidence that they were, um, you know they they contracted it while on duty, right? And so you know that was a it's still a very very big bone of contention within the law enforcement community. So, but you would be absolutely shocked. So I'm, I'm telling you, at how our cops are treated once they're injured or disabled. Now, not so much here in New York because New York has a strong police unions and and strong workers' compensation laws. But I just had a situation with a, with a police officer who lost his leg. He was on the job for 10 months in a, in a community in Texas. Uh, a tractor trailer fell over on him and crushed him. He had devastating injuries, traumatic brain injury. His arm was almost ripped off. He lost his leg. And you know what the department did? Nothing. Fired him. Fired him. Why is that? He had only 10 months on the job. He was a probationary employee. Aye, aye, aye. See, you say I'd be surprised, and not to sound cynical, but when I see the way our country, for the most part, treats our veterans, yeah, almost precious people, especially Vietnam guys, why would I be surprised? Yeah, it, it's and the way that people have demonized the cops, cities, states, politicians, celebrities, these scumbags. I'm not. I would have been more surprised if you would have said to me, "Hey, they do a good job with these guys." No, in fact, this is a perfect lead into Zuckerberg. So here's a guy who spent forty three million dollars on his own security. $43 million. And then his, his family um, charitable organization has provided millions of dollars to anti-law enforcement groups that, that want to defund the police. Right. In fact, you know, the, the left has, has – here's their and, – and here's what this shows. You can be as rich as Midas as, as he is and still be bankrupt, morally bankrupt, which is what he is. Well, let me ask you this, though, and be honest with me. You're a good man. You really are. I just met you. I love you. Would you rather be morally bankrupt or financially bankrupt? Me morally. That's just me. 
Yeah. Uh, no, but you're right. These are these are horrible people. Their priorities are all effed up. And a guy like Zuckerberg could be helping folks like you. I, it, it, it drives me insane. So, you know, especially right after George Floyd, the, the fiction – that and the, and the irrational response to that. But you mean the guy that was arrested nine times and put a gun in a pregnant woman's yeah. stomach who has yeah. statues in Brooklyn, like he got the cure for cancer? Exactly. That that scumbag. That's the one. That's the yeah, one. Okay. Yeah. And and yet, um, some of the biggest corporations in America spent millions of dollars to deify him and and send money to the biggest fraud organization uh, that that almost exists today, including you know uh, Patrice. Colors of the, uh, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter, yep. who, uh, you know, took all that money and bought herself a bunch of mansions. And, and, and money was flowing to them. And to raise money for a law enforcement charity that, that, has, that has helped 14,000 cops, I have to beg all the time. Wow. I have to go out and beg all mm-hmm. the time to get help. Um, and so, so Zuckerberg is not going to write you no, a check. Yeah, I, don't, I, I'm, right. I don't think I'm going to be on his Christmas card no, list. But either. Elon Musk may, may write you a check. He's a guy that... Uh, Never really thought about as a political friend uh, for years, but he seems to be coming along just a little. He does. He does. In fact, um, I would love to get hold of Elon Musk. Hey, Elon, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's training for fight against Zuckerberg right now. So you, uh, the major difference for you as a cop between New Jersey and uh, Nevada, the state of Nevada, right. uh, outside of the everyday dangers of the job, is what? What's the big difference for you? Well, you know, being a small town police officer has its own set of um, of challenges. You know, Princeton was my hometown, so I knew everybody there, yeah. especially when I was a cop. And then, you know, and you have to write people tickets all the time, and you know, you you, you get you get um, uh, judged by your work product. Would, which, would you, if it was a really, and be honest, if it was a really good friend, would you not write him a ticket? Oh, like, I, let's say you stop me and you I recognize gave, me. I gave you? breaks to, um, in fact, everybody. This right. is one of the most beautiful things. When I went out to <laughs> Vegas, I didn't have to write tickets. In fact, I don't think in 24 years in Vegas, I don't think I wrote 10 tickets. Really? No, because. Oh, that's because the cameras catch them every time, those bastards. Oh, we don't have cameras. You don't have cameras? We don't no, we don't have cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I love Vegas. <laughs> no, no, but he, see, here's the thing. You can take a traffic stop and turn it into either A, a great felony arrest. Or B, you can turn it into, hey, I'm giving you a break. Let's, you know, you can you can actually turn that into a PR opportunity sure. by showing kindness, compassion. You know, you don't ha- no, cops have a lot of discretion. They don't have to write people tickets, right. except if they're being forced to by, you know, they say there's no quota. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe right? there is, yeah. <laughs> so, give me the for you the most dangerous. He talked about being in Vegas and the 14 year old kid who actually opened fire on you. Was that? The most dangerous. Give me the most no. dangerous moment in your police life. The most dangerous moment in my police life was a life-changing experience for me, and it was uh, what we now call an active shooter. Um, I was uh, I was on patrol. I was a, a field training officer, and uh, a call came out that there was a guy dressed all in black, uh, wearing a uh, shoulder holster, bandoliers of ammunition around him, a sword throwing stars and he was shooting at kids at a high school dance and it was kids at a high school dance yeah, and it was literally two blocks from where i was and uh, when i got there um another unit was was rolling up and there's this guy walking down the middle of the street dressed exactly like the report and there were two people on a double date they were following him and they were on the phone with 911 okay they're shooting at the kids again they're diving for cover and then he realized he was being followed by this car 
and he turned around and he fired a shot and went right through the windshield between the heads of the two couples. At which point that driver said, mm, I think I've done my civic I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Right. And that's when, when uh, another unit pulled up, and this guy, I'm expecting in the next couple of seconds that I'm going to see them. They're going to shoot him. He's going to surrender. He's going to run. He's going to shoot himself. But none of that happens. Instead, he nonchalantly walks right towards the officers, puts the gun back in his shoulder holster, and walks right by them. And he starts walking up into an apartment complex where there's a whole bunch of people. So I can't let him get to those people. But here's the thing. Now, this is the moment, literally, that I trained for my entire police career. This is the moment when you have you have the option of deadly force. But what few people realize, uh, because they don't get into this situation, is it's not just a professional decision. It's a very personal decision. If you're going to take the life of a human being, um, it's not just your professional it's not just your professional life that's affected. And I didn't want to shoot him in the back and because his gun was, was holstered. So I ran up behind him, and I tried to take him physically. And uh, when he turned, he, he heard me at the last moment. He turned, and I did a flying sidekick like I was freaking Bruce Lee, <laughs> yeah. which I really wasn't. Yeah. And uh, I hit him in the, in, the, in the stomach. He went down. And he came up with the gun. And he and I were closer than you and I are. Wow. I mean, our, very our, close. Our gun muzzles were almost touching. And we both fired at exactly the same time. And thank God. You, and I, uh, I, fired, I fired two rounds and then my gun jammed. Oh, my God. And his gun did not jam. Uh, I should mention this to you. I forgot to wear my vest that day. Wow. And so I am li- literally toe-to-toe with a gun that doesn't work. And he's shooting at me. And... Um, I, uh, our, our air unit is above us, and the, uh, the the two cops who were there before, they see me go down. I go roll down onto my back to try and clear my weapon while he's trying to shoot me. And as he's tr- trying to shoot me, little pieces of asphalt are hitting me in the head. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is really, is I can it? tell you this is my thought. Is this what it's like to die? Mm-hmm. What's it going to feel like mm-hmm. when that bullet mm-hmm. enters me? Mm-hmm. And I I had no cover, so I'm rolling around. He's trying to shoot me. And um, and one of my partners rolled in because the air unit, you know, saw the, the muzzle flash and saw me go down and radioed shots fired officer down. My old partner came in, tried to run him over with his car. But what happens in a in a in a tense situation, you get tunnel vision, so he didn't see these big cement stanchions that were. Oh in my way. god! So he hits that at about thirty uh, miles an hour. Uh, his yeah. patrol car basically—I mean, sounds like a, a atom bomb went off, but it took the suspect's attention away from me, and I got up. Got my gun working, and he and I were, again, toe-to-toe. And I'm literally thinking, I'm the world's worst freaking shot. There's nothing I'm doing, right? And we were banging it out. I empty my magazine in this gunfight, reload, and he's still shooting it out with me. And he turned and he ran. Um, I ran after him, and uh, he was hiding behind a bush. And I'm going to tell you this because it's really germane to what we – you know, the, what's going on today. I come around the corner and, and I hear him scream, die, mf or die. Yeah, yeah. And that's where um, my, my partner and I, we just opened up on him. And, and that was it. And that was the wow. end of it. But, so I want you to tell you, I want to tell you now what happened 10 years later. I'm in a bar. I know that'll shock you. In Vegas. <laughs> yeah, <shocking. laughs> yeah. With my old partner who was there that night. And we had never talked about this shooting our entire yeah. career, right? Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, and, I'm, and, we're, and, we're, and suddenly it came up. And, um, and I said, how about that crazy son of a bitch? Scream and die, mf and he, and he didn't say anything. He was just looking at me. And I go, what are you looking at? The New Jersey came at me. What are you looking at? Yeah. And he said, you really don't know, do you? And I said, know what? He said, he never said anything. That was you. Wow. Now think about this. Think if I had a body cam on. Wow. And while I'm shooting him, I'm yelling, die, right? Well, I would be in prison right now. Of course. And that's, that's why, and, and the reason I tell you this story wow. is because police combat is just like every other combat. It's real. It's visceral. It's life and death. And mm-hmm. what happens when you are in a life and death situation, things come out, you say something. You are right. literally a, in, in a war when this happens. And so I was fortunate. I was not touched by one bullet. Thank God. Thank God for that. 30 seconds to go. Did you get involved? That is an unbelievable story and told very well. And thank God you're alive. Uh, did you get involved in the Stephen Paddock shooting, which killed 57 people? The Vegas Golden I Knights was, just won I, the Stanley Cup. They had the 57 sign up yes. there. Yes, I was there um, because I was there as a journalist. Okay, um, reporting on that from from the, that night on. Uh, for for I was on that scene for well over a week, and I'll tell you, the worst story from that is uh, one of the officers who we have helped with the Wounded Blue. Um, he was there and was guarding the scene the whole night, and. Eventually, he had to quit because all, every time he heard a cell phone, for the entire night, yeah. he kept on hearing and seeing cell phones light up. From dead kids. From dead, yeah. yeah. Dead a lot kids. of dead kids, 57 people. I think yeah. Luke Bryan was on stage. Some uh, very famous country actor was um, on stage. Uh, what hotel was that? Mandalay uh, Bay. Mandalay Bay, right. Hey, listen, how can folks quickly help out the Wounded Blue? What a tremendous conversation. I, I appreciate that. Please go to the woundedblue.org. See who we are. See what we do. We have a tremendous documentary film on Amazon.com called The Wounded Blue. And what I would ask is hit that donate button. Give 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can afford. These men and women are suffering, and The Wounded Blue is there for them. Our motto is really, truly important to us. Never forgotten, never alone. That's the Lieutenant Randy Sutton right there. Once again, help him out, folks, at the Wounded Blue. That's a great, great appearance. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll do it again very, very soon. I enjoyed having you here, like immensely. I enjoyed this immensely.